And so if we know that and believe it, we then look at the areas of our lives, and there are lots of diagrams about how to live a balanced life. Well, you need a strong center to have, a, to have balance, and that would be true for any scale. Welcome to the Center Memphis podcast. I'm your host, Brantley Davidson. I'm here with Howard Graham. This is our first episode um, of the Center Memphis. We're coming to you here live um, from iBank Tower, where Howard Howard works. How's it going? It's going great. How's your Martin Luther King Day like, going? That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Howard and I go way back. Um, we've known each other for a long time, worked together, mentored me um, for a long time, still mentoring me uh, currently. And um, we're here to talk about the center, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and maybe even recap um, some of uh, the stuff that Howard's been teaching us um, over the past couple of weeks um, and months. So, um, but first, I just wanted to kick it off over to Howard and sort of do a little bit of your biography, who you are, um, you know, why you're doing the center, all that fun stuff. I believe God put this on my heart uh, to start this, uh, you know, years ago, as it, you know, worked in business and uh, marketing specifically, and uh, mostly in the financial services industry over the last 30 years. And uh, what God showed me a lot was the most meaningful things in work had to do with uh, big decisions and, and value mm-hmm. and relying on, on Him. And so that, uh, ov- over time, just led me to, to enjoy that part of work more and more. So, like, what is God doing in this, and what might He be doing uh, as we follow Him? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, many of you, if you know me, know that um, I've worked with Howard for, or worked with Howard for a long time, um, around seven to eight years almost. Um, And these types of conversations, the types of things that we're discussing in the center are things that we would talk a lot about. We would do it casually, just in one-on-one office settings or or lunches at Casablanca or driving to St. Louis, whatever it was. These were the types of things that we would talk often about and just try to figure out as, as friends, as brothers in Christ, how do we work through some of these hard discussion points and figure out what God um, wants us to do about them while we're in our day-to-day uh, jobs. So um, it, was a, it was a fun time, and we're still working through them and trying to figure it out. That's right. It is a progress. I mean, like, look, you know, and for a minute, we don't want to think we've got it all figured out, right? It's in the fallenness and mess and mistakes. I think we learned a lot more in my 30 years from my mistakes and what I wished I wouldn't have done or what I would have maybe done a little differently uh, had I been guided. And, and that's, that's a lot to learn just from that. Uh, and that's been important. So Howard is the executive director of the center. Um, and as we've sort of been talking through just how the center has been getting going um, and all the content that you're writing and aggregating and teaching um, you know, folks in Memphis about, why do you think that we should start a podcast? Well, um, it's relevant. Uh, God's Word is ultimately relevant, and we'll talk more about that in a, in a minute, but um, however people, a leader specifically, and we are, we're a ministry to leaders um, to help define reality and offer hope, but leaders um, look to podcasts. I, what I love about this format is not only they can listen only, uh, but also the conversational nature mm-hmm. of it, so questions can be asked. So I think that's relevant. It's the, the style, and people are, are enjoying that, consuming uh, information and guidance mm-hmm. that way. So let's be there for him. Yeah, for sure. And then I think as you and I have even talked about the podcast, I think one of the things that, um, has, there's sort of, uh, interesting audiences, right? There's folks that are coming, 
Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a second about the individuals that are coming throughout the week meeting with you or meeting with us in a group setting to discuss these topics as well as even meeting with you individually yeah. to talk through and work through some of these things. But then there may be folks that haven't been able to commit the time yet um, just for whatever reason for what's going on with their age and stage just haven't been able to get there and commit to something like that. To your point on relevancy, these topics are incredibly relevant. They've never been more relevant in terms of working through all of these types of things that Jesus says about how do we think about ourselves in a work context? How do we follow him um, in this way? Uh, and, the, you know, I think how many hours does a normal person spend in work? 80,000 hours, 80 to 90,000 hours. Over a lifetime, person, right. Over a lifetime. Yeah. So uh, you want to make sure it has the right input. That's right. That's right. So we're hoping that um, for folks that are coming throughout the week, you may hear some interesting things here, even maybe aggregation of different topics and conversations that came out throughout the week. But also, if you're not able to join us, maybe this is a way that you can jump in, be a part of the center, and ultimately join a community of folks that are, are following Jesus and trying to figure out how do we how do we influence with, um, you know, with following him in our jobs? Yeah, and we, we invite people who wouldn't say they're followers today. We invite people because we're really saying, uh, first and foremost, that leaders define reality and offer hope. So what's your source of reality? So let's come and discuss and, and debate that, and then let's see where um, the most hope is uh, for the future. Well, I think that's a great transition, Howard, for you to sort of talk a little bit about what the center is um, and, and what are we trying to do here in Memphis with it? Great. And that's, that's kind of our uh, tagline that leaders define reality and offer hope. And that we're here because nothing does that better than God's word. Um, it is the ultimate source. Napoleon was the one who had that quote to start, by the way. We need to credit him fully so he doesn't uh, you know, get Bonaparte. us. Bonaparte. Yeah, we don't, we, yeah, we don't want him to be mad at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jesus accomplished that perfectly. He accomplished our reality and gives us hope. Um, so that guides us. God's Word is relevant and true to everything we face. And we tend to do two things. We tend to separate our lives, and we tend um, not to see things as spiritual. Hmm. And uh, first of all, God didn't call us to a separated life. And especially men, my wife likes to talk about that. Women are uh, pancakes and men are uh, waffles, and we keep things all in these separate compartments. Uh, so we're, men are particularly good at this, but I think it's true for all when it comes to spirituality. But everything is spiritual. God is mm -hmm. showing us that every moment uh, is His, uh, and we can learn in it, and we can uh, give Him glory in those moments uh, when we know that it's spiritual. And second, and that's, that's the reason not to separate it. Right. That's awesome. All right, Howard, talk to us a little bit about the format of the center, the content, as well as some of the sessions that we're meeting in together. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the primary things we do is we hold uh, sessions each week, uh, five times uh, that, you, that are available to anybody who would want to come. But adults learn best together uh, when they're wrestling with something hard uh, and when people can interact and hear points of view from, from others. So while with God's Word at the center, we take the lesson of the week and we get together uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for lunch at noon uh, at the bottom of the Clark Tower in their uh, large conference room. And so it's nice and COVID spacious. And uh, twice on in the mornings, uh, Wednesday uh, at 6.30 in the morning and Fridays at 7. So what's that been like? How have the groups interacted, the type of discussions that are having? Are they the same discussions five times a week? Or is, do you get a diverse type of feedback? Like, what's that like? Yeah. 
teaching yeah. on that same content five times a week. That's, that's by far my favorite part. Um, and we have guest speakers too, and I so love to learn. But it's amazing. The interaction of the people changes uh, the content. We can be talking about something for a leader in a business context, and somebody will bring up something uh, in their home life hmm. and, and vice versa. I can think of something, a principle for home life, and somebody would say, be, who's an entrepreneur, would, would be using that. In, in that in that context and when somebody inserts something that I hadn't thought of then we really get started yeah <laughs> that's when the best stuff happens and that's even the reason why we're hoping to record some of this at the end of the week right so we have the benefit of maybe having aggregating all of that feedback together quoting people if they're comfortable with it um, on the pot right. on this podcast or not but ultimately we're learning together and we're trying to figure out and follow Jesus together which is one of the reasons why we even said uh, you know look forward to this at, at the end of your week that's exactly right. Yeah. A little bit. What about the content on the site? The content on the site or articles. We're writing one, a primer that comes out on Tuesday that kind of gets you, gets you ready for that week's lesson. And then uh, a recap uh, is on there. And then we just bring other content from around uh, the world, literally, some of the best in uh, human thought uh, and then some of the best from the faith community, all showing us, um, you know, what that subject mm-hmm. is and, and how, to, how to grow in that subject. Um, I think that's a good transition because, uh, so that site, by the way, is the centermemphis.org. So if you're not checking it out or subscribe to the emails, please do that. Um, even this week, as we were sort of preparing for kicking off a new curriculum, there were videos that were sent out where it was a little bit of helping prepare us. Even if you, the, these are videos that you and I have discussed before, um, some from Simon Sinek, right? Like know your why, yeah. which was, um, the topic of this week. So do you want to sort of maybe kick off a little bit of, um, maybe what the semester is going to look like at a high level and then walk us through some specifics of this past week? Sure. We're trying to equip leaders uh, to help transform their organizations, uh, their families, and our city. Uh, and so we're looking at the things that, that build a leader, really. And that starts with, in January, that is purpose and calling and mission. And that's what we covered last week, and we're going to recap that, I know. Uh, and then values. Uh, what, what values drive us? Uh, what we'll also be covering this month. And as we move into February, it'll be vision, a vivid description of that vision uh, so that you can know when you're achieving it and not. Uh, your gifts and strategy, strategies of abundance uh, that God's given us everything. Uh, in March, we'll move to leadership attributes and disciplines. What does it take to kind of keep things going? Uh, and what do we need? And uh, leaders, they say, are born. And leaders are also are developed. There's no doubt about it. And we'll be, we'll be showing exactly how uh, God develops leaders. And then in April, uh, we'll focus on relationships. Uh, maybe that should be in February, but it's in April. Uh, so <laughs> emotional intelligence and conflict. Uh, because, because, yes, you can't lead without relationships. And if you've had relationships, you've had conflict. So how mm. do we resolve that conflict uh, God's way? He gives us a great uh, outline for how to do that and a great heart for how to do that. Um, and he's obviously uh, resolved everything for us. Uh, and then in May, uh, each of the groups... Uh, we'll take the obstacles that they say are the biggest thing uh, for them, and we'll cover those obstacles and bring in uh, guests for that and honing um, your leadership. So really, like uh, Good to Great says in, uh, in, in that book, you know, sharpening the saw will be honing our leadership uh, throughout. It's a lot. It's a lot of good stuff there. A lot of hard stuff, honestly, yeah. as even like thinking through that. These are things that as, as a leader, these are tough things to, to work through and tackle. It's not something that you can do on your own. Again, just speaking to that group setting, I think, is why we're doing it. So, um, 
you know, I think what's going to be most exciting is the core content we're, we're, we're working on. And also we'll have a theological input each month, a, a local pastor, a theologian uh, talking to us and uh, uh, business leaders and uh, organizational leaders who have done this, who've mm-hmm. let it out, who've given us testimonies um, about uh, how uh, God has led them and how they've led others uh, so we can see how practical it is. Yeah, and that's been something that's been awesome thus far, uh, just getting to learn from other people and hear from them on these specific subject matters. So, Howard, what, a, what, what tell us what you want to uh, start off with in terms of knowing your why. Well, uh, Simon Sinek, who's a great inspirational leader and, and got his background like us and did a lot of and marketing and advertising, uh, you know, recorded this TED Talk 11 years ago. It's been viewed, I believe, over 80 million times. I was trying to add that up to give that stat, and I just, you know, so many versions of it. You're I, good at math. What happened? I couldn't do it. There were too much. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, but probably 80 million views, and it's helped people really understand. He really gets to the, the, the root of the matter. And I've always been challenged uh, by, and really wanted to talk to him, honestly. Hmm. Uh, well, he gets to the end of this, and we'll cover the highlights in a minute, but he gets to the end of it and says, it's, you know, it's not psychology, it's biology. Hmm. And so that leads me to say, okay, if it's biology, who made you and why did they make you? And then, then that leads to purpose. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great principle just to start with as we're thinking through how we develop as leaders and then move into really even being able to really define what your why is specifically, something yeah. that you were even doing with me this past week. Yeah, because we, we get confused, right? I mean, yeah. we, don't, we can even get confused about what movie to watch if we don't know what our why is. But so we take it up to the most important things, and we just love it. And Mar- here today, Martin Luther King Day, right. uh, that's my favorite example, maybe the most enduring example, but he uses Apple, he uses uh, the Wright Brothers. He just says, how do great leaders inspire action? And it's something he thought was just for marketing, but he sees that not, not just great commercials, not great just campaigns, but really it's the leader at the center of the organization that knows what they're doing. Mm. And when they know from the inside, when they don't talk about what they do, but everything f- from them oozes from why they believe it. Uh, and so today, yeah. Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Martin Luther King was a great orator. He, he believed in civil rights, but he wasn't, this is Simon's quote, he wasn't the only uh, civil rights leader who suffered in a pre-civil rights America. Hmm. But he believed that all men were created equal. And from that belief that God gives those rights, hmm. uh, it says that in the Constitution, but also God gives those rights. And how does he define that? And so his how then, that was his why, his how could be the word of God. And then the what could be speeches and laying down on bridges and, and, and peaceful uh, sacrifice to mm-hmm. influence others. Yeah. And another example, or actually a couple of examples that you even used and we talked through during um, the sessions this past week was just kind of that simple principle of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Are there some some examples of even some comp- corporations and things like that that would be worth sort of chatting through a little bit? Yeah, the, the best. I mean, and you can't say that too much. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yeah. Uh, and we can't say that to each other too much and encourage each other that way. And I think that's, that's straight from the Word of God, and we could, we could proof text that in a minute. Uh, but I think, but Apple, who probably didn't proof text it, but here is a, an incredible visionary leader who believed in challenging the status quo, and he was able to take that all the way to communications to say, and then to uh, summarize in two words, think different. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like somebody we know, but we'll come back to the theological 
implications. But because they believed in challenging the status quo and not talking about bits and bytes and com computer specifications, uh, even 12 years ago, you'd buy an MP3 player, and that MP3 player quickly became an iPhone, and that M iPhone quickly became, you know, every uh, every device that runs your house, mm -hmm. even. So, pe but people bought Apple, especially the early adopters, which is uh, he mentions the law of diffusion of innovation that takes early adopters who totally buy for the why, and then others see how it works, and then they can see their why and how showing up too. Mm. I think Tesla's maybe the best example uh, modern day. Apple's still a great example, but Tesla, people bought into their uh, renewable energy, accelerating, uh, you know, clean fuel uh, for America. And what, what a better world that would be. And then many of them pre-ordered and, and maybe didn't even understand the specifications, didn't mm -hmm. even understand the what's of the cars like uh, that you might see in car advertisements today. But they bought because they believed in a vision and a why. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something even just in those examples that I think would be good to get to. And that's sort of, what does the Bible say about this? What's the source of it? Because I think those are, you know, for business leaders even, those are examples that I think theoretically we think through. But then when you actually try to crosswalk that into biblical text, what is it? Where is it? And what does the Bible say about it? And even before we do that, let's cover the, the text of um, how... Uh, where, where Apple may or may not have used God's word, but challenging the status quo, that's what Jesus was about. Mm. You know, a lot of people are turned off by religion. Jesus wasn't very religious. He was challenging the religion of the day and telling them it's their hearts he cared about. Mm. It was their hearts that mattered. Uh, and so we need to look, and if Simon's right, that it's not psychology, it's biology, and of course everybody can go see this talk. We've named, we put the name of it. Uh, and how he goes through the three workings of the brain and the inner part of the brain doesn't even decipher language. So when you say it's gut or it's heart or it's soul, hmm. uh, you're theologically and scientifically right. Uh, theologically according to God, uh, scientifically according to Simon. I, I, we didn't bring any scientists in on our own. <laughs> uh, however, it's true that you need to know. Yeah. If, if you're, made, you're the maker, uh, gives, us, gives us an owner's manual and gives us a, a call, and he calls us. Uh, to follow him. And when the first, Jesus asked people right away, right after he um, started uh, developing followers, he would ask them what they want. Mm. And then he would say, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I think that gives us a twofold calling. That gives us a calling to follow him, to know him. Uh, he's the prize. He's the prize on this side of heaven and in heaven. And so to follow him is to know him. And then secondly, to become fishers of men. And again, that doesn't mean we're all great evangelists or preachers or in uh, everyday, um, you know, vocational ministry, but it does mean everywhere we are, we are to call and be examples and be a witness uh, to who God is and how he made us, mm -hmm. all for his glory. Yeah, and I think it's one of the, the fascinating things about that example to me is even just the disciples' response or not ability to even respond correctly. Right. And for, even for me, it's being able to say like, what is like, do I know that in a way to where I can respond when that question is asked of me, which is why this type of content to me is so important because if we're trying to be leaders in this place that God has placed us, yeah. then we need to be able to say that in a moment's notice. That's right. That's right. And they could say it and they'd mess it up. And that's right. what's <laughs> yeah. That's encouraging for knuckleheads like us, mean, meaning that 
and they were messing it up all the time. They would could walk on Peter could step out and walk on water, and then he'd go, "Wait a minute, I'm on water," and, and doubt and, right. and fall, and Jesus would have to save him. Um, he he could say he could have the chance to meet Moses and Elijah, and he'd want to get busy building something. Uh, and Jesus would say, "Just you know, just 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 chill out and and, and be in my presence." Uh, so that's encouraging. That constantly brings it back. And he constantly thought it was by violence. And, you know, in these political times right now, they constantly thought, they constantly kept coming back to Jesus and said, you know, are you gonna, when are you going to establish your throne so we can quit being oppressed by the government? Yeah. Um, but yet Jesus kept saying, no, it's by, it's by peace. I mean, it's through suffering. It's through dying uh, that we're going to be born again, that you people, my yeah. followers, will be born again. And I will say that, like, one of the things – you know, I was kind of being pretty snappy and saying that I need to be able to have that type of response really quickly. And some of that is even just my own heart feeling challenged after this past week and not being able to really define it that well. And there is for me, even personally, as we were talking about this afterwards, there's, there is some pressure, right? Because I feel like I've been given much and I need to be, to follow Jesus is to know that in a certain way and to be able to apply it. But then there is also the gospel centeredness of the whole, our whole story of being a follower of Christ, right? Is that he has redeemed us. Therefore the question is, which you posed in the, in the session is, is this freeing or confining? Yeah. And first, first we have to accept him. I mean, until we understand what he's done for us, yeah. Until we understand that this gift is not something we're earning. That's the big difference in religions and, and following Jesus is that he has done it. He's accomplished it. He's offering mm. a free gift. Um, his rich, God's rich mercy, he's offered his son for us. And when we accept that gift, we know we're made new. Then, as great verses in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, um, that's the free gift of God that no one would boast and then when we accept that, uh, on to verse 10, then we're given these works to walk in mm. uh, to go right back to our calling. You're made to be a witness. Yep. Yeah, and it's one of those things that I think at times even there's when these questions are being asked in a group setting, there's a lot of silence, yeah. and which is good silence, I think, because I think a lot of folks are internalizing these questions, thinking through, do I have this do I have the answer? Yeah. And it, sometimes you can put pressure on yourselves, but then it's, it's for me, for me, I appreciate being able to discuss it and then take a step back and say, well, I do have Jesus. He does relieve the stress. And then, and now I can go and follow him and still define what my why is. That's right. That's right. And we're all creatures of think, feel, do, you know, um, act. Um, and yet we all come to that place place of release or realize the, the surrender that he's done it from a different spot some by getting up and reading god's word we can be filled up some of we have to think on it deeply and research it and talk to others about it and some of us have to try hard enough to follow him that we realize we can't right. and that he's done it and so even as we go through that um showing what he's done mm. showing the way he's called us to live helps us know him better and helps us you know, complete that cycle. Okay, now I've, I've stepped out in faith the way he says to live. The law can only uh, convict me, but I want to live that way until I surrender and realize he's done it. Yep. Before we move on um, to close, uh, we, we didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm going to spring this on you. Could you 
tell our listeners your why. I think the very biggest is is to glorify God in all that I do. We, we, another text we covered this week is that we are my children who I made and called by my name would, mm. would glorify me. And that's in Isaiah uh, 43, right after Isaiah, after God tells uh, his people he loves them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to glorify his name, to make his main name known, to uh, share his word, uh, but and to practically break that down, uh, it, it really is to define reality and offer hope. So I mm. would break that down one step further, and that's why that's our theme uh, for the center. Uh, because God's Word constantly does that for me. It constantly kind of recalibrates me to what reality is. Oh, oh, oh I can't do it. Oh, hmm. I'm thinking, oh, you got the big things, God? Now let me handle these little things. And then I say, oh, now let's surrender those two. Uh, and the hope that He is break- making all things new uh, never stops encouraging. That's awesome. Um, at the center of Memphis, and this is sort of a joke, and uh, and Howard and I's relationship, we love frameworks, we love diagrams to help explain the complex. Um, maybe sometimes too much. Um, there is a diagram that I think is very helpful um, that we looked at and walked through on this past week. Um, so this is bad pod uh, because we don't have the visual to demonstrate to you, but it is on our website, and you can go take a look at it. But, Howard, if you were to sort of give a color commentary over the visual that has Christ in you in the center and sort of those concentric circles as they extend out, what is, what is your commentary on that to sort of close us um, today? It's just so simple in, in, in life verses. We've been made new. We've been made com- all things, old things are gone. We're made new when we're in Jesus, which means uh, we've suffered, we've died with him, we're, or his, he's in us. And then uh, Colossians 3.17 is just clean. Go, go do everything. Don't just pray in my name. That's a really good thing to do, by the way, mm-hmm. and what that means. But go do everything in my name. That, that he who is in us, Christ is in us, is greater than everything in the world. And so if we know that and believe it, we then look at the areas of our lives, and there are lots of diagrams about how to live a balanced life. Well, you need a strong center to have, a, to have balance, and that would be true for any scale. And so Christ is our center, and then we look at the areas of our life. We don't have to look at as much in our diagram as much as like uh, the parts that are I would call facilitators. It would be money and uh, health mm. and where you live and your leadership, you know, self-improvement. All those can be good, but we know, first of all, that people who are dying have been great witnesses. <laughs> we know that people without money have been to Africa and uh, places with people literally zero, and they've been unbelievable witnesses. Uh, so we know that's not a facilitator for our witness. And so the things where we want to have witness are where we have relationships. And for us, that's with our, in our relational life. That's we have, we're married or we date uh, or we have friends. Uh, those, are, those are areas, workplace, our, our uh, community, our neighborhoods, our families. These are the places uh, that we can live out our witness. And uh, God is clear. Two, uh, two other texts, if I just don't hit, hammer you with text, but... Romans 12.1 says, in view of that mercy, if you know you're his and you know you're covered, then, then uh, view your life as in response to God, and this is your act of worship, as a, to be a living sacrifice uh, to him. And so in, in those other areas of your life, it's first worship mm. um, of God. So in your workplace, we teased, it was really fun, line in every single one of the sessions this week, hey, how many times you, when you're going to work, say, hey, honey, I'm going to worship. <laughs> Uh, and you're, these 80,000 hours, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to worship. Uh, if you could get that in your heart, and you, you touched on that earlier, it's a heart thing. Yeah. It's not a do thing. If my heart, I know I'm going to worship, I'm going to surrender a few more things, and I'm going to bless a few more people. But if I can know it's for God, and then secondly, 
know that I'm there to bless others. And then when I'm doing that together, we can renew culture. Uh, together we can make all things new. That's what God's calling us to do as his witness, to help make all things new. He's doing it anyway. He's yeah. just calling us to join it. So that's the workplace. And even for your spouse, that your first, you know, you owe your, your husband or your wife, you owe them your love, but first you, it's worship to love them. It's worship to God to love them first, and then secondly, to bless them. And then together, uh, like those with kids, we can renew culture by having kids, by sending our kids out, by going together and blessing the world. And so that's just two areas of relationship where we can live out Christ in us um, as worship and our purpose. And, and here's the test. Have you ever done it and not been blessed by it? Hmm. Have, you ever, have you ever offered up uh, something that's on your heart or mind as worship back to God and say, God, it's yours. You take it. Uh, now let me help, help me bless others in this um, as worship and not, been, and not been blessed by it. That doesn't mean things got better for you. It just means in your heart and mind, soul, you knew you were blessed. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I love it. I love the relational focus because especially right now in a time when I feel like the relationship is the thing that's the most under attack yeah. um, just by what's going on um, politically um, with the virus, um, with just sort of the world shifting underneath their feet, yeah. it's a good foundational reminder of like where um, the Lord works and where our focus should be if Christ is in us. Yeah, and I heard this amazing prayer. Listen to I'll give uh, this was happening at Christ Press and in Nashville and Scott Sauls and his sermon I was, I was listening to this morning. It's the best thing I've heard today, so I'm gonna share it. Yeah, is that he had an elder at their church prayed, Lord, don't don't take away this pandemic. Basically, don't heal our land and not renew our hearts. Mm. And so yeah. that's what God wants. He wants our hearts. And yeah. uh, that prayer, that one man in uh, Nashville seems to be praying the right thing. Renew our hearts, Lord. That's great. Amen. Well, um, Howard, what are we um, looking into next week? Give it, us a teaser. Yeah, this week even. It's coming this up. This week, yeah. Coming sorry, up. it's Monday. I don't when, know what I'm thinking. When is it 2020 or 2021? When it's, it, it's, the, um, it's, it's Martin Luther King <laughs> Day. And so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, we'll be looking at values and how establishing values um, – and some of us can, can kind of live free flow, but we want to know what those values are. And some of us need to stop and work and write those down and see how others have done that and see what the Bible says about that and establish our values to guide us in big decisions and guide us in, and really to become reactive. Like some of you guys who like basketball a lot and, you, you know, Ja, great dribbler, he's, he's not thinking about how to dribble as he comes up the court, as he reacts to a defense. He is... Um, just doing that. So we want to establish values so they become innate, they become reactionary, they become part of our lives. Uh, and that, that takes a lot of stress off us and helps us bless others. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, join us this week. Um, you, you can find where and um, when um, that will happen at thecentermemphis.org. Um, give us a follow on Instagram at thecentermemphis. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Tune in. Give us feedback. Um, appreciate all your time, um, and we'll um, talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Bradley. Yep. It's great. See y'all. Bye.